Welcome back. I'm here today with Jennifer Lawrence of Luxury Lifestyle Logistics. Welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So, Jennifer, for the background of the listeners, can you give us, you know, the the, the, the timeline of how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I think I've been uh, predisposed to be in all things hospitality and home since an, uh, since I was a little girl. True story, when other girls were getting Cosmopolitan magazine, I literally had a subscription to Martha Stewart Living at 12 years old. So um, I just loved all things floral and design and hearth and home. Um, my original major was music business. So I moved from San Francisco, California to Nashville, Tennessee, and I worked in radio promotions, advertising, and I also worked at a record label um, where I got to support a lot of um, high net worth individuals, celebrities, people in the public eye. So it was a really a great uh, case study in how to be a support mechanism for someone um, with that type of public lifestyle. There's so many people that take care of all of that for them. And uh, through an event planning colleague, I was able to host a party at a beautiful estate for one of our clients. Um, and I saw the world of home management for the first time, and it was phenomenal. Uh, there were you know, drivers and chefs and butlers and maids and all these things um, that were running this beautiful home. And I had never known that that could be a full-time career. So I, I pivoted. I changed my major. I moved to Chicago, Illinois, uh, to a small women's college. The women's college had an undercurrent of domestic service to the curriculum. It wasn't specifically a domestic service degree, but it was a full four-year degree in, in hospitality. And the conversation, because it was a women's college, was you know, how do we professionalize the art of home management? How do we bring our business sense to the world? How do we bring that woman's touch to our work environment? Um, and so it was a really unique opportunity to showcase how you can kind of professionalize the art of home management um, and, and systematize it as, as if you would a business. So I knew I wanted to be a butler and household manager, and that was the, the best school that I could get my undergrad in. Um, and after that, I did a year of wine sommelier studies. I did a year of visual communication school. And then I went on to the Charles McPherson for um, Butlers and Household Managers Academy in, in Toronto, Canada. And so that was an amazing opportunity. I was trained under some of the world's um, best butlers. The, um, we had the butler one week for the Duke and Duchess of Northumberland in Europe and uh, would tell us stories of the you know Queen and Prince Philip coming to dinner and all the anecdotes that would happen with with the staff and the team there. And you know, here in America, we don't necessarily think of um, the butler tradition, you know, and, and entertaining so formally, but we still have high net worth individuals that need home management. And so I knew that I would be a household manager here in the U.S. and thought that um, my calling was to be in that support role that I had learned so very on. So as you started out this venture, uh, how did you get going? I mean, you, you had the degree from the college, and now you're, you you put your stake out, and you say, okay, now I'm in business. Yes, for sure. Well, my um, the, the Butler School was certainly instrumental in uh, setting me off on the right path. They have uh, several placement agencies in the U.S. that only staff for domestic household staffing. Uh, so they were wonderful in getting my, my first jobs in the industry. And then we also have an excellent um, professional association, the Domestic Estate Managers Association. And they uh, support our industry. There's 23 chapters nationwide and two in Europe. And all of us that work in private service come together. We share stories. We network together. Um, we get professional development. So it's really a great opportunity to, um, to, to hone your craft and be with other professionals in a very unique environment. You know, we talked about uh, a lot of emphasis is on the butlers, but uh, do you do you delve into like personal assistance also? And yes, you know, thank you for that question. It is a misnomer. Um, this butler kind of household manager divide, and 
Um, as I mentioned previously, in Europe, uh, there is still the butler tradition um, because they entertain much more formally. You know, we think of them depicted in movies as this staunch older gentleman opening the door in a coat and tails, you know, that type of thing. But here in North America, they're called household managers, and it's very much more an administrative role. Um, they support the needs at the household level or personal level for a high net worth individual who can support payroll for, for a modest staff. Um, and they can have multiple titles. They, ha- they could be a personal assistant. They could be an executive assistant, a house manager, basically anyone who's taking care of um, their personal needs so that they can go be the better professional that they're ben- meant to be in the world. They take care of their, um, their, their properties, their automobiles, you know, um, concierge services such as booking tickets and travel and things. So it really is a full-time role, and it can be very challenging and exciting. You know, for the layperson, this may be foreign to them, but individuals that are in that category understand that really to manage the the size of these estates really takes a team. It does. It does. I mean, you can imagine a 20,000-square-foot estate. It's like running a full-time hotel, but it's for one person or one family. So there's a lot of property management that goes into that, facility management, um, the fine finishes and fixtures take a lot of care to curate. You're almost like a little curator of a museum. Uh, the art, the oriental rugs, the you know the marble countertops, all of that uh, has to be maintained on a schedule. And so I love to kind of compare and contrast for those of us that don't live in a multi-million dollar mansion, the ways in which they can systematize their home to be more, um, uh, you know, uh, really just taking the time uh, to do things in a systematic way so that the maintenance of the household doesn't overtake what they need to be successful. You know, changing the HVAC filters on an annual basis, getting that oil changed on the car. I mean, it sounds like simple stuff, but it can really overtake people's weekends. And so I think the takeaway for um, people who've purchased or, you know, uh, paid staff to do this is that they're buying back their time. And so I want, um, you know, regular people to buy back their time, too, with a more systematic approach. I'm visiting here today with Jennifer Lawrence of Luxury Lifestyle Logistics. And Jennifer, I need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages. And take your wealth with you. Spend time with your family. Welcome back. I'm here today with Jennifer Lawrence of Luxury Lifestyle Logistics. And Jennifer, uh, the company that you found is uh, is specialized in really helping the the ultra affluent uh, manage households and and their wealth and estates. But how does an individual know when they're ready for your services? Oh, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, People struggle with this quite a bit. I think that there's a modesty. There's this hard work ethic in America that they want to do everything themselves and they want to be that super mom or the super dad that can go to work and also manage the household. But I really feel like when the details of your life overtake the enjoyment of it, um, that's the first telltale sign that it's time to start hiring some household help. And um, we usually refer to the frontline defenses as the the frontline employees or the first level employees. That would be like a nanny or a housekeeper. Um, And starting off with either one of those, depending on the makeup of your family, will really um, help to bolster up, you know, the cogs in the wheel that keep everything turning for your household. And once you kind of get in a groove of 
managing that individual, if you feel like you need to add on more staff after that, um, it just w- would depend on your particular needs. If the family doesn't have children, let's say, and it's an a older distinguished gentleman, he has to drive to work back and forth every day and he's an executive, maybe a chauffeur might be more in line with his needs at the time. So um, hiring staff is uh, challenging because you're kind of running a little side business in addition to your regular life. Now you're an employer of household um, staffing structure. So it's important to um, maintain the right level of staff and get them hired and trained effectively and really make sure that they're serving your needs effectively. Now your 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 title of luxury, luxury lifestyles logistics seems to indicate that you're not just going to take anybody that calls you up, but is there a certain criteria an individual needs to make before they'll become a, a, a one of your clients? Um, it's not necessarily a monetized uh, criteria. I think that um, when the logistics of their luxurious lifestyle um, become overwhelming, I have a systematic approach in terms of um, writing a policy and procedure manual and streamlining efficiency of operations for their household staff to train each silo um, like let's say food and beverage, housekeeping, you know, wardrobe management, uh, finishes and fixtures management, all of those things in a more systematic way. And when all of those details become so overwhelming, um, they, they know that they, they need kind of an outside consultant to come in and give them um, a, an organizational assessment. Okay. So between, uh, so you have North America, do you, do you go worldwide with your services? I would love to go anywhere my passport will take me. Okay. So that's um, a lot of fun. I have clients all over the U.S. currently. And they do have multiple properties. Multiple properties um, for one family might run very differently. If they have a beach home, it runs different than a ski chalet in Aspen. So um, even though we want to recreate the preferences for the family at those particular environments, we want to embody the feel and the spirit of the home that they're trying to create there for their family. It's a holiday home in the in the mountains. You know, we want to make sure that uh, the staff is aware on how to run that to give them that feeling of, of coziness um, over their beach house, let's say, that might be a little bit more casual. Mm-hmm. Will you help uh, th- th- these clients also in their decisions of hiring the right individual? Will you do some interviews or how does that? Absolutely. So I coordinate with the domestic placement agencies throughout the U.S. Um, I'm aware of about 40 or 45 domestic placement agencies. It it sounds like a lot, but they, they do so very much for our industry. They're really the gatekeepers between the clients and the candidates. And so I come in as a liaison when perhaps the staff is not working out very well, there's a personality conflict. Um, even if uh, they have hired someone fantastic, they just need training for the particular skill set. You know, an average person might not have ever touched the types of finishes and fixtures that they're going to be working with. And so it takes a real care um and concern and consideration to care for some couture items, you know, these gorgeous wardrobes that they're going to have to be pressing and steaming and laundering. You know, how how does one go about doing that if they've never shopped in those department stores? So that is where um, my training comes in. And also my professional association um, offers a lot of uh, professional development in that arena. I'm busy here today with Jennifer Lawrence of Luxury Lifestyle Logistics. And Jennifer, I need to take another break. And we'll be right back after these messages. I love fishing, you know, with my family. I think it would be easier to use a net. It was so much fun. The times when we are together, it makes it all all the more worth it. Having Dad teach them how to, like, cast a fly rod. and As long as we're doing stuff together, we're having fun. Some people see a father and his son fishing together, while others see a succession plan.
Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Jennifer Lawrence of Luxury Lifestyle Logistics. And Jennifer, in the, the prior segments, we're talking about how you got into the model of assisting the ultra-fluent with their uh, management of household and staff. And But I want to I move now into the, 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 the operational side of what are some of the mistakes individuals make when they start to engage household uh, staff? Absolutely. Um, staffing a home is is a really unique challenge, and there is a line of decorum and discretion um, that is unique to any other business model. You know, you're working in someone's personal space, and so it's important to have the staff be be friendly, be personable, but not too personal with you know the family that they're serving. So there's this line of of discretion. I think that's the first uh, crux is to kind of navigate that personal relationship. It's your work environment, but it's their home. You kind of want to be seen and not heard as you're as you're doing your work and not disturb the family, but also create that magic, that luxury, just things just happening on their own, you know, and they they might move from one location to the next in the household. And then all of a sudden they go back to that room and it's already prepared for them again, you know, um, and those are the types of things that I like to train on. So I think that would be the first mistake is just not knowing how to navigate that interpersonal relationship. Um, the second, I think, is not um, training them and paying them as professionals. Um, there is a stigma in the domestic service industry about being kind of an indentured servant. And, you know, this is one of the oldest professions since the Romans built the roads. You know, we've had hospitality and people traveling and staying with other people. So I think it's, um, you know, not been up until this point a very educated career path. But now um, with the professionalization and the principles that we're serving are so very well um, educated. They're leaders of industry. And so you really have to be on your game to keep up with the people that we serve, you know, they're, they're leading fortune 500 companies and their CEOs and things. So, um, that individual, we would refer to them as the principal homeowner. They really need to, um, give the autonomy to the staff to, 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 to grow into the position, to have parameters like they would in a business, um, have benchmarks for success, have checklists, have standard operating procedures, and really some things that they can sink their teeth into to be successful every day. The problem um, I face a lot in my consulting practice is when households tend to do this um, delegation like popcorn style and they text message their staff and a really frantic approach and say, oh, I, would, I need to pick up the dry cleaning or I need tickets to Paris. And it's always this rush, 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 you know, and if things were more systematic and if um, people had a system for calendar management, maintenance management, schedules, those types of things, they really... Uh, everything is much more at ease. And so they don't have to uh, feel so hurried all the time. You know, it, it, it is an art trying to take care of these, these families and especially when they're on the move, multiple yeah. properties, logistics, locations. What have you found uh, in, in your experience of, of some of the real challenges of how do you get the right staff when you have multiple locations and, and properties? That's a great question. Um, the staffing agencies do an excellent job in their markets of knowing the candidate pool. We have a blog roll that goes out nationwide every morning, um, and it's a very small number of jobs. Sometimes there's only 10 or 12 jobs that morning for all of the United States. And um, so it's, it's best to work with the domestic placement agencies. They fully vet the staff. They do background checks. They help with the training and coaching and all of that type of thing. But then also they really um, go into the interpersonal aspect of it, like I mentioned previously, and make sure that if the job description requires that the staff travel to meet the needs of the family, that they're willing to do that. Or they staff those multiple homes separately uh, and just call them in when the family is going to be there if it is a vacation property. 
So there's multiple approaches. I think it's not a one-fit-all solution. Um, but I really do think that attracting the right candidates um, and paying them appropriately with benefits and making sure that they are W-2 uh, employees. You know, I, I just run into so much of people that think that a 1099 is acceptable. And really, the IRS is very stringent uh, terminology on what can be considered an independent contractor versus a W-2 employee. So I would just uh, encourage your audience to speak with their tax professional and make sure that they uh, really understand that they are an employer and they run a business now and they want to be protected not only on the, the tax information, but also for insurance purposes. So reach out to their advisors for that. And I think what people fail to realize is that labor laws play into this about paid vacation and overtime. and Absolutely. And there is no HR department when you work for a family. You know, they might work you 60 or 80 hours a week. You know, you're on call 24-7. Believe me, I've gotten phone calls when the TV remote has not worked in the upstairs, you know, master bedroom. And like you mentioned, they're traveling to multiple households. They're around the world. They're on planes all the time. Sometimes they just want the ball game on and they can't remember how to work the cable box. And so it can be something as minute as uh, laminating a sheet for them next to the remote control to remember how to get the TiVo on versus um, throwing a party for 400 people on the lawn for a cocktail party. You know, so you never know what the day will bring. There's an old saying uh, in in the Agatha Christie mystery mo- mysteries that the, the butler did it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah and, and I want to go somewhat into because in the luxury lifestyles, uh, you know, how does a family protect themselves because they're this individual, this servants coming yeah. in and they're surrounded by some sometimes some really pricey things and sensitive information. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that is a great question. Um, my first week in Butler school, we actually delved into all of the um, the ways that butlers are depicted in the media and in, you know, historical application. And the word butler actually means like cupbearer. And it was a trusted advisor of the king. They were their closest confidant. They were their right-hand man. And so the butler's role, I'll turn it, I'll pivot that question a little bit, is really to protect the family and be this liaison, this gatekeeper between the outside world that is very much wanting their time and attention um, and and protect them and say, no, you know, Mr. and Mrs. are not available or can I assist you with that? And, you know, it, it's a very um, symbiotic relationship and it, it has to be very closely guarded. So it's really important to get the right person in that role because- they're going to be your secret keeper. They're going to be the the doorway to to everything. And if you're creating your home as your castle, this respite away from the world, you you really want it to be um to be the right fit. I'm going to touch on the calendaring and systematizing, you know, the schedules for these individuals that that are your clients. Absolutely. Thank you for that question. Um, in order to delegate a very complicated lifestyle with all of these details and. The, the, the more a family grows in stature, the, the bigger the job description gets because they have so many details that they have to manage. And if that is all coming into the inbox of the owner, it's just going to be overwhelming and they're going to continue to delegate it without um, ever having the freedom to just enjoy the lifestyle they've created. So it's important to um, systematize all of this. And I have a three-step approach. My first approach is to create a Google uh, account for the household, something that's not associated with the family's last name because that would be a security risk. So please don't do like smith at gmail.com or something like that, but keep it neutral um, and create a uh, a virtual office for the family. So once you have this this domain set up, this Gmail account, um, you're going to be inboxing all of your um, administrative needs for the household that are not uh, sensitive. And so let me break that down a little bit. Let's say um, the dentist appointment for your child. You want to send those reminders to that inbox rather than your own. 
um, maintenance on the car, vehicle appraisals, warranty information, all of that type of thing. So not only are you creating um, calendaring, because then you're going to calendar it on that Google account, but then you're creating a manual because they can go back and reference all of that information. You've got contacts in there for your vendors, your art appraisers, that type of thing. And then you can pass it off effectively to a staff member um, once you gather all of those details. So my first thing is to to do that Google account and, and have it all digitized so that it is accessible by an outside staff member. Secondly, I recommend to create a policy and procedure manual because how the family interacts with those to-do lists might be very different. When we put a holiday on your calendar and on my calendar, mine might look very different than your household. And so you need to break that down for your household and what is expected on entertaining aspects and, you know, who do we need to call to get the flowers in, to get the caterer there, you know, and so that manual can really be something that um, is a living, breathing document. It's not stagnant because as the family evolves, you want to change those details. And then the third thing I would recommend is um, a database, like a CRM for the contacts of the family. Uh, You're going to want to put vendor names in there, uh, family members' names, you know, just name, address, telephone number, but something with a notes feature so that when you have an interaction with that particular person or entity, you create a time date stamp for when they were on your property. Let's say the pool maintenance man uh, was servicing the pool and the pump went out. So now you have a place to put a note that says they were here on a particular day, they changed the pump, you know, and put it into a file. You know, that way, if something goes wrong, you can reference it. And I think that this like little triad of administrative support um, is the is the best foundation in which to, to have the household really be successful and administratively. So, Jennifer, if an individual wants to contact you for your services, how would they go about Thank you. Um, they can reach me at my website, which is www.luxurylifestylelogistics.com. It's the name of my company. So it's all uh, run together, luxurylifestylelogistics.com. Jennifer, I appreciate you being on today's show. And uh, we've been visiting here today with Jennifer Lawrence of Luxury Lifestyle Logistics. Thanks for being here with us today on American Dreams. And join us next week right here on this station. 